So we had our second child in 2018, Rachel. And of course, three months after she was born, we were um, going to schedule her baptism and um, getting all the fanfare ready to go. It's a big deal in our families. We throw parties afterward and we treat it as if it is a birthday. It's the second birthday for them. Um, We invited all of our friends, all of our family. And the day of, two of my closest friends just didn't come. Um, And that was kind of a, a spark for me to realize I really need some trusted Christian friends. Um, and, and so February 20, what would that be, 2019? Mm-hmm. I started praying for a community. Welcome to the Our Father Stories podcast, where we share stories of ordinary people experiencing the kingdom of God in extraordinary ways. My name is Nate Paragoy. And I'm one of the pastors at our Father Lutheran Church in Denver, Colorado, where our mission is helping ordinary people know and share extraordinary life in Christ. And on this episode, as always, I'm joined by my good friend and my co-host, Pastor Micah Steiner. How you doing today, buddy? I am optimistic, Nate. Optimistic? Yeah, I think this is going to be a great podcast. This is a great conversation that we just had with John and Kate Palmquist. Two awesome people, and if you're listening in here today and you're wondering what does it look like to have authentic Christian relationships, maybe you, on one hand, feel like you have too many of those, you don't need any more, we got something for you. Perhaps you're listening and you're like, I don't even know where to begin, we've got something for you. Listen in as John and Kate share their story of not having Christian friendships, what it looks like now that they do, and some hope for those of us who are maybe somewhere in the middle of all that. And stick around after our conversation. Mike and I will share a couple key takeaways and a couple practical next steps for you. Hope you enjoy this episode. I remember standing in our kitchen many times, having this conversation. Mm -hmm. Just crying for for new friends. Just aching for Mm -hmm. Kate, like you deserve to have good friends Mm -hmm. and we're involved in a church where there are great people around. Mm -hmm. And since then God has just poured out blessings onto my life with amazing, really close friends for me. Um, the favorite group of friends is the cricket club. Oh yes. The cricket club that happened just so that was February. We noticed that. And then in August of 2019, I went to another friend's daughter's birthday party and John had just gotten me a a crafting gift. It's called a cricket where you cut things out and I had no idea how to Best use it. Best birthday present I've ever bought. <laughs> okay. So not like the bat and cricket. No, no. no it's a machine. Different. It like cuts things out. Um, and I'm at this birthday party and the, the one-year-old is, or the one-year-old mom is opening, um, cards and a few of the cards I was like, well, that's obviously cut with a cricket. And so I said, whose card is this? And the four of us decided just one time, let's get together and, you know, learn some tricks together and figure out how we can use these machines. And we meet monthly and um, I talk with them daily on a text chain. They're my cricket club is what we call them. And they're they're all Christian women, children around the same age. And so we're going through very similar life stages together. And, um, you know, we pray for each other. We fight for each other. you know, if there's a big event coming up where we need to craft, we all pitch in and craft together. 
just a couple weekends ago, we were in the Springs at a dedication for one of their babies mm-hmm. at, a, at a church. So a great, you know, in relationship here mm-hmm. of, hey, like, we're friends and we want these adults in each other's lives, in, in, in these mm-hmm. kids' lives. And um, God answered that mm-hmm. prayer in ways. Like, who would have thought some random people from a birthday party mm-hmm. would have ended up with that? And perfectly timed. My birthday was just a few weeks prior where you gifted me that. So you've got community, you've got friends. Are are these women Christians? Are they not Christians? What? Yes, they are. And we didn't, that's not how we even, that's not how we started even. Um, they all met, you know, by different means um, through their church, a, a large church here in South Denver. Um, and then just by me speaking up at this birthday party and we all found these commonalities and it's been great. And I love the intentionality. So you prayed. That's a model that maybe some people listening have never thought of before. I, I, I could pray for friends and God showed up there. How are Christian friendships different than non-Christian friendships? Is there a way you can quantify that in your own lives? I think there, the place that I would start is there's a shared sense of purpose, of future, of hmm. what we hope for. And that gives you a commonality that can serve as a foundation. Um, you know, I think it's easy to find friends that are like, these are my fantasy football bros or whatever else. And they're maybe my cricket club friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but without some sort of more meaningful shared value or purpose, that runs out. Um, I actually just had a fantasy football crew that decided... Yeah, we can text when we want to. Um, but some of those friends are Christians that we we talk about. We're raising our kids. Um, we've, we've stayed in touch for over a decade. And so there's a, just a different starting point. Let's talk about Michelle Communities. Yes. How about that? So uh, you guys have been a part of a Michelle Community for a while uh, and then are thinking about getting started with a new one. Uh, tell us about kind of how family and in works in your Michelle communities. You're thinking about rebuilding that. Yeah. So we started a Michelle community a couple of years before COVID and we had some ups and downs with it. Uh, but we, we certainly walked out of that experience and, and into COVID with some friends that we were really connected with. Um, Back to, Micah, your point about how life-giving those relationships are. And so uh, walking into COVID, into that season where we all felt isolated, we hit a point where we were like, we do, we got to have some people around. And the four of us is, is great, but it's too much of the four of us. And I think that was a perfect example of what a missional community can be from an in-relationship is um, it quickly moved past just like, hey, let's get together and chat for a little bit to how can we help each other and how can we grow through this season that none of us know how to get through. And so we found ourselves sitting outside on people's patios the first summer of COVID, summer 2020, doing Bible studies and um, reading books about all kinds of interesting Christian things. And if you'd asked me 10 years ago if that's what I pictured my life being like, no. But it was at the time, it was fantastic because uh, it was something that we could all rally around together and find a little bit of life beyond the 
the dread that was those years. Um, and so I would say that that really is a, a nice picture. Um, and then our kids got a different view too. And that's always important, especially when they get the two of us being grouchy with work and whatever else was going on. Oh, look, there's four, or sorry, two other grouchy couples. So <laughs> it's not just mom and dad that are grouchy, but all of us are locked in our houses and grouchy. Well, and on the flip side of that, they don't just see their parents as the weird Christians. They get to see other families living into like what Jesus means to us. And I know if they go have a conversation with another adult in our missional community, they're going to hear the same things that we are pouring into their lives as well. Well, and even simple things. Um, our kids go to houses now and expect that we're going to pray, even when we're at houses where maybe that's not what yes. happens there. Yes. And so they kind of look around at us like, oh, yes. right. yeah. dad, are you going to pray? And sometimes it's like, yeah. it's not our house. Like, we're just going to let it be. And so I love that that's their starting point. Mm -hmm. Like, that's normal for them. And it's weird to not pray. Or even this weekend when we didn't have any plans this weekend, no like plans with friends or anything. And Michael, our five-year-old kept asking, who is coming over for dinner tonight? Yeah, <laughs> it's just an expectation over? that we have people over. Yeah. Um, and we share that, like just a common meal together. We have that in our, you were just saying that, uh, that Adam or Jude, I forget which one, had that same sort of expression of like, hey, where's all of our friends? Why aren't they having dinner tonight? Uh, let's jog back to just half a step. Uh, you used a phrase, missional community. Uh, you know, Micah, you're our director of missional living. If someone's listened to this episode and they heard that phrase, maybe they're familiar with a small group. Uh, tell us a little bit about kind of what missional communities look like at our father and uh, kind of what the, we use a phrase too, the family on mission. T tell a little, bit, a little bit more about that. Yeah. So family on mission is a concept that you basically don't have to add anything to your life. You simply put a lens on over your everyday activities and you invite along with other people to join you in whatever it is God is, is doing in your life. So that's family on mission. So for us, we have two kids who love playing sports, and so we're often going to soccer games or basketball games. And we know going into it that this is a mission opportunity. Jesus is there. Uh, he's going to show up because he promises uh, that he comes with us wherever we go. And great example, a couple weeks ago, there was a game on Sunday morning at 8. Uh, Madison, our daughter, uh, uh, we've told her from the get-go, like, church is not negotiable. So we'll get you to the soccer game, but we're going to go Saturday or Sunday. And some family families from the soccer game are going, well, we're going to go to lunch and then come back for the second game. And Amanda says, ah, oh, well, I've, we're going to go to church uh, at 1045. And the Christians who were in the group, they had like the look of shame, like, oh, 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 you're going to... But then the non-Christians are like, oh, you're, you go to church. So it's very interesting from that perspective. But that's a very simple way. We were a witness, uh, Amanda, I should say, at Madison, we're a witness. So that's family on mission. But then when we get together for what we call our missional communities, that's an opportunity for us to get together uh, primarily with other Christians most of the time to encourage each other, to pray for each other. We, we share deeply in our missional community. Uh, for example, we walked with Nate and Jackie through Jude's heart surgery early on and that was a formational time for our mc short for missional community to uh, care for nate and jackie who were trying to figure out how to care for a jude who they had no control over and i remember that was very powerful for our for our group and uh, we want that for every member of our congregation to have we're a big church i mean we, we can't help it the lord has blessed us and is growing us 
So right now, if you're listening and you'd like to be a part of a missional community, we've got about 50 spots open. Uh, Camp Promise is going to be real close to your house. John and Kate are starting a missional community. We, in fact, just had a meeting about that, and we've got spots for you. If that's something that you're curious about, want to explore, give me a, give me a jingle. A jingle? That, 1-800. Yes, the rotary phones. That's exactly it. We do need some help with our technology at, at church. We, we still have the old rotary phones, yeah. Uh, but we got podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we can do a podcast. Uh, we were going to, I was, we were taking Adam to his ninja class on, this is just Saturday. And uh, Adam and Jude were in the car with me. Adam's nine, Jude's five. And uh, uh, like we were somehow, we got talking about the fact that um, Adam was saying, well, I have lots of brothers. And Jude was like, no, you don't. I'm your only brother. You know, he like couldn't fathom. And Adam was like, no, our missional community is our family. Like he has this view at nine of the church and our family is like one thing and our extended family. We, we use the phrase at our, in, around the house, our big family, a lot to talk about our missional community, our church family, kind of in general. Um, yeah. You guys, you know, That's well, awesome. yeah. Adam is one of those brothers and Michael frequently asks, Yes. Is Adam going to be there? Yeah, or is we'll Jude going to be there? Can, I, can we play together? Yeah. And, and we talked to before. You, so you actually have family in town, the two of you. Yeah, like, I do. Like new Born and raised Coloradans. All of our family yeah. is in town here. So mm-hmm. brothers, sisters, parents, parents the whole deal. uncles, yeah. But to hear you say that there's, there's an extension of that nuclear family, I, I think that's pretty powerful. Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. It, it, so I think... <laughs> It gets back maybe to what I, and I, at risk of repeating myself, to what I was saying earlier, is it helps our families see something bigger than just the four of us and maybe some grandparents. Um, and we have wonderful grandparents. Mm-hmm. They're, they're great. Some of them go here. Um, but it helps them to see there are people living their lives so many different ways but Christ is at the core of it, and we want that vision for our kids, and we want them to understand it's not all on them to go live their dream or to fulfill some expectation that's been placed on them, but that there is this huge community of people out there serving, out there sharing God's love, and that that's what God's called them to, and they can trust that. And um, they will get that from grandparents, but it's just amplified yep. by... Mm-hmm. The, the other people around. And when things aren't going well in your immediate family, there's at least 20 other people who are praying specifically for you in that, that season. Um, it's been great to have that community. Is that, is it Mark's gospel where Jesus, uh, they come and they find Jesus and they're like, Hey, your family's here. And, and he says, no, this is my brother and my sister and my, and the, the a- a implication is that when you become a Christian, when you follow Jesus, you, you, you get more than you ever bargained for. And sometimes you also get a weird uncle and aunt, you know, <laughs> and if you don't know who that is, it's probably you. That's my joke. Uh, but that's a, that's a cool blessing that, that we get as Christians is this extension of ourselves in a way that we could never fulfill because we're just one person. So humorous story on the brothers and sisters in Christ thing. We went to the dedication a number of weeks ago for Kate's Cricket Club friend's <laughs> kid. And um, 
I, I was asked to bless the meal and, and pray <laughs> for the meal. And um, the mom and father of the, the kid that um, was dedicated at this church, they're great and they're, they're Christian and very committed to their church. Um, but some of the other family that they invited to this session are not so much. And so I just prayed for the, the girl's name was Madison. I said, I pray that Madison has the extended family of brothers and sisters in Christ and that she knows the love of having that and among some other things. And I ended the prayer. And then one of the other family members didn't understand what I was saying. And I had to explain, like, <laughs> I want this bigger family for all Christians and um, ended up being a great conversation, but also took me, I had this little half chuckle of like, oh yeah, I need to explain what I'm strange. talking about. No, they're yes. not having more children. Yes. Like, <laughs> no more kids. Yeah. We're praying for this girl to have 15 children. Like, <laughs> yeah. Get busy. What is with this guy? When you think back over the last couple of years of your life, how have you seen the body of Christ and this thing called family that we've been talking about, Christian family, uh, support you and be a great benefit for you? thing for me was um in 2017 um well no because we were pregnant so 2016 my mom was diagnosed with a very terminal rare brain cancer and we had just recently gotten started in a huddle it was one of the first huddles that this church has ever done and we had grown very close with these it was just a handful of people and um we had been just like praying all year long that my mom would be the one that survives this brain cancer. Um, and so we prayed and prayed and prayed for 11 months and she fought for 11 months. And, um, ultimately it was just too much of a cancer for her and in the brain, it's just a hard cancer to fight. Um, so my mom did die. Um, and the first people that I reached out to just an hour after my mom had died was this huddle because I knew they knew how much I knew they cared as much as I did about this, um, you know, this goal and they had been praying so hard for her and to have that community now pouring in this hope of the love of Jesus and like the redemption we have, um, post this world was just crucial. I don't know where my faith would be if I didn't have that, like, the people who were praying when I literally could not think about praying, <laughs> well, and, if that makes sense. And as you say that, actually, I heard this differently for the first time as many times as we've talked about mm-hmm. this and realized having those people was just a little taste of the promise that God has for us that, and, the, and the value mm-hmm. of having that extended family. Is, okay, uh, all of our families, our, our nuclear families, our Christian families— we we will all perish, but we still have family, and that was that taste of that. Is yeah, they're here for us. Um, we're we're gonna cry together. We're gonna be sad together, but we have hope together. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those little moments where you see the kingdom with maybe just a little bit more clarity, even even in pain. Than, yeah, than your normal daily life. And that kind of goes on a little bit of a, a rabbit hole here because many Christians perhaps have never thought about what it's like to suffer. And, and in America especially, we kind of get this idea that, well, if I'm a Christian, then I'm a good person and therefore bad things should not happen to me. And, and when a Christian does experience suffering, and it, it's difficult to do that. 
to go through that suffering alone. And so the value of community is it's, it still is horrible to lose a, a parent. Uh, my wife Amanda lost her mom a couple years ago. But to have that community to sit with you in the dirt like Job and his friends, yeah. uh, to, to, to minister through presence, what a gift, what a, what a blessing. Paint us a picture of what it would have been like to do that, to walk through that as a family without the huddle that you had. Yeah, um, I think I personally would have been leaning more on my immediate family who also were very broken at that moment. Um, I think that would have been a really hard season. I, I mentioned this a little bit before, but there were times where I would get a reminder of, hey, I just prayed for you and your mom. And I'd be sitting there like I couldn't even form the words to pray for me and my mom. Um, they were they were, you know, interceding when I couldn't, <laughs> if I can say that even. Um, that kind of reminds me of like uh, Moses. You, you remember this like in the Old Testament that like uh, when the Israelites were fighting or something uh, that he would have people hold his arms up in the wow. air. And when they were, that's exactly it. you know, yeah. Yeah, that's a great image. How do you think, so we've been talking about Christian friendships how and, and just for full context, uh, you guys work full time uh, out of the home, not in Christian ministries, even though you're leaders within a Christian church, you have what we might call a, a, a secular job for the uh, sake of explaining it. I think it's called a normal job. We're the ones <laughs> with the weird jobs. You're the it's not a really a weird, a real job. But Nate, this is this is our podcast. We can make them feel like they're the weird ones. We're the outsiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But go, ahead. go ahead. So you have a normal job, unlike the weird pastors. How do you think, and we've been using a lot of insider language, and I would imagine somebody who, let's say somebody who's not a Christian or on the fence exploring Christianity, they're listening to this conversation. How can we talk about Christian friendship without perhaps sounding arrogant? Like, is there a way that we can, we can uh, you know, like, well, we're the only ones that can have true, authentic relationships. How do we explain that? without without like over spiritualizing it and making it seem like we're better even though there's a great gift that we're all recognizing and talking about does that mm -hmm. make sense yeah mm -hmm. no i totally get it i i talk about i i guess i only have christian friends <laughs> um but i talk about my friendships i mean that's not that's totally not true. true but i only talk about or i guess my conversations with my coworkers about my friendships I, I go deep. I say things like, oh yeah, we, you know, we had our friends over for dinner last night. I might even mention this exact moment where one of our best friends is over at our house with our kids right now while we're filming this podcast. It's, it's, there's so much more benefit from having those friendships. And I share the news. I always, I talk about it all the time at work. Yeah. Um, Funny story on that. I shared with people this summer. So I uh, went with the high school youth to Houston for the youth gathering. And so I shared with people at work exactly what I was doing. And that led to a lot of fascinating conversations. You're using your limited vacation time to go to Houston <laughs> with 104 degree temperature. Middle of summer. With high school kids and they're not yours. <laughs> yeah, explain that. Yeah. Why? And... Um, <laughs> So aside from the fascinating conversations, it actually gets at the, the core of the question, which is um, 
I think friendships with purpose are valuable for everybody um, in a Christian setting or outside of a Christian setting. It just so happens that we tend to be aligned more with that. And, you know, I, I can think back to people I've worked with in very tough settings where you just do a lot of things side by side. Or um, I've gone on some hikes where we're out for like 12 hours and there's rain coming down and it's a bonding experience and maybe our purpose was for a short period of time to get off the mountain or whatever it was but all of a sudden you have a little bit more connection with people mm -hmm. it's it's beyond the surface level and 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 so that, that's the, that's kind of the first piece but it really does take a different shape at least in in our lives when you recognize that this is your brother and sister in eternity this is not the person you're going to work with because they sit next to you for the next six months, which is, you know, those people still, you know, you, I treat them well. And I, I fully expect that I want to have a good relationship with them, but it changes your perspective to say, man, like I can share a lot with this person because we're, we're in eternity together. My trust level is much faster when I have those relationships than when I start with somebody who I'm like, I don't know where they're coming from and I don't know what I'm going to say that <laughs> they may or may not use against me. And yeah. so that there's some very kind of tangible things that I don't think we think of when we think about Christian friendships. Right. Mm -hmm. John I, and Kate, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this too. Um, but it, the friendship is not just about having a lot of things in common, which is maybe how it begins initially, but I'm here hearing you describe a, a kind of friendship that is, um, that is sacrificial in nature I think it's really easy for me to kind of default into, because I'm a human being like everybody listening to this right now, kind of what can this person do for me? Uh, we're by nature consumers. And yet there's a covenant kind of relationship and deep friendship that says, I'm in this for you. I've heard you describe that kind of friendship that you've had uh, and experience with other people who have been in it for you. And I'm also hearing you say that also in some, to some degree, whether on purpose or just accidentally overflows into the way that I want to be in this for somebody else, whether it work or I'm cricketing. Uh, <laughs> is that, can I use that as a verb? That's perfect. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You did right. great. yeah. Good job. <laughs> you invented a word. Our closest friends just tonight, we shared a meal with them just on a weeknight. No big deal. And they knew we had to come here. They were watching our kids for us, cleaning up our kitchen for us, <laughs> like, because they just wanted us to be ready to go. Like they wanted us well, to be and, successful and they're, tonight. They're bought in on what we're yeah, doing. What we're they, doing. they understand. Oh yeah. We're, we're all here to, yeah. to further the same purpose. Yeah. And if, if I, uh, if I have my facts straight, this is a family that you're going to start a missional community with together. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's right? correct. Yeah. 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 We feel that, well, so uh, it's, we're both families of four with young kids, um, and we've, I mean, we have such a good friendship with this family, and we we are constantly, you know, doing life together, swapping kids if they need it or if we need it, um, and so yeah, we we we're excited to maybe ripple that out a little bit more. And I think to brag on you guys a little bit, you, you also did some home construction to, to intentionally widen some space in your home to make it more user-friendly mm -hmm. for a lot of people to be in there at one time. 
that's yeah. that's true yeah. and that's that's that is uh that so that's friendship on purpose and and now you're seeing your home as a as a means in which you can gather people together build community mm-hmm. and i think that that has a lot to do with the the i guess the ripple effect of the gospel and i'm thinking about early christians if you if you look at history there was no reason on earth for the christian church to make it it was made up of rich people middle class hardworking people poor people and even below poor people slaves and indentured servants yeah, and ethnically diverse ethnically diverse different languages different backgrounds there's no reason in the world that that should work the envy of every organization well we strive for culturally in america like and and have to make laws to make it happen yeah. was happening naturally because people believe that jesus christ died on the cross for their sins and that's what was so attractive to people it's also why paul had to write so much about hey this is how you behave by the way uh don't treat people who are different than you as lower class citizens because that's that I mean we can be honest that that was happening because we're sim- they were simply human beings we're simply human beings so take all that and as you think about uh, missional communities or just christian friendships uh, what what do you think a person should do right now who maybe is listening and going well, I'm like you, Kate, uh, where you were at five years ago. I don't feel like I have any Christian friends. What should that person maybe think about doing right now? Pray. <laughs> <laughs> it's so simple. Just literally pause what you're listening to right now. Pause what you're doing right now. And just simply ask God to provide. Um, and he will. He does. He's never let me down. <laughs> and, and I think the... But with the benefit of that five years of wisdom, can look back and say, my encouragement to that person would be, trust that God mm-hmm. will work in a way that you cannot imagine. Yeah. Yeah, he's and, provided way more than I ever prayed for. Totally. Yeah, so there might be a thing that you want, a thing that you're praying for. That thing in that box may not be the thing that you get but the arc of what God has given us is far richer than what we prayed yeah. for. I would add one thing. I, I, maybe you were getting to this, John, but we also, and this is a bit of challenge for somebody who is sitting here going, I don't really have a lot of friends and I'm, I'm an introvert. I want to challenge that. Okay. Okay. So what, what about the person who's listening to this going, I have some friends and I'm too busy for any more friends. Okay, go. Yeah. I think that's that's a lot of us who have stacked schedules and we're running our kids around or whatever, maybe your stage of life, uh, no matter what it is, I think it can be really easy to be like, I'm good. And in my world, in my bubble, I'm kind of content and I don't have any room or any time for anybody else because I've been through seasons of life like that. Uh, and it's hard to think um, or to realize that to some degree, when I get like that, I'm being a consumer and friendships ought to be about them, not about me. So maybe it's God's calling me to do something with the time that I have that I think is full for somebody else. So what I hear you saying, Nate, and at least what I'm uh, bustering up right now is we can do better, uh, especially those of us who have been gifted with some extrovert type personalities of reaching out to people and bringing them into community. Yeah. You've touched on something we haven't talked about at all on this episode, and we probably don't have time for a deep dive, but like some of this is temperament. 
yeah. you know, introvert and extrovert and our need uh, to get our needs met emotionally when we're around people. Some of us just don't have that. Right. Um, I'm kind of a borderline introvert, extrovert. As am I. Uh, you're an introvert <laughs> who acts like an extrovert yep. sometimes. Surprise. Well, but, and uh, I'll add here from my, our experience with missional community, with huddles, some of the um, people that we know at church here, I've watched God push people beyond the comfort of what they know their personality to be. And yeah. I talked to somebody today who is excited about our missional community firing back up, who is going to bring energy to that, who might not have done that in the past. I guess I haven't asked that person, but I would assume that they may not may not have done that in the past, mm-hmm. but the energy that comes from those relationships changes mm-hmm. that. God changes yeah. us and how we act. And so you know, maybe that's the, the last little piece of um, thing I would give. Be open to where God is tugging yeah. you. Um, we, we probably wouldn't be sitting here. You know, yeah. the, the, the whole reason we ended up in a huddle, which turned into being plugged in with the missional community, is because our realtor asked us to participate in some evangelism Bible study that sounded a little <laughs> crazy to us. And, and, and we were like, well, we're at a new church. Let's sure. meet some new people. Yeah. And I know that's our inclination. Um, but we had, both of us hesitated, like, Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we shouldn't do this. And here we are 10 years later since then or so. Yeah. And, and we wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Mm-hmm. I've heard you guys use a phrase, kind of thinking about a 10 year mark, looking back at who you were back then. If you were to look back and talk to that person who you were 10 years ago, what advice would you give yourself uh, based on who you are now and the way God has shaped you and formed you lately? I would say be bold to pray, even for the things that you think are small, um, things that you're not sure what God will do with, be bold to pray for those things. I, I think the... The thing that I would say is I would tie together everything that we've talked about here. So we've had all these friendships. We've had this incredible community that we've been plugged in with. And I would tell myself, God will give you more than mm-hmm. you can imagine. Um, God will give you what you need, and he'll give you um, joys that are um, just incredible that you you could never have dreamt on your own and um, and to live with that encouragement and that peace I think there are so many times where we lived anxious about friendships or work or kids or whatever you know our house and here we are and it's beautiful Oh man, I love that conversation with John and Kate. Uh, so full of life and really uh, insightful on their take on Christian friendships. Yeah, Mike, could tell me what was the takeaway for you? Let's get a couple takeaways and then we'll do a couple practical next steps. Yep, I'm thinking about our conversation of the two different types of people who might be listening. On one hand, there are those who are perhaps introverted in nature or have maybe uh, don't feel like they have a lot of good Christian friends like where Kate was a few years ago. And I have a real heart for that because we joked about in the podcast, I actually am introverted in the sense of (laughs) I, at the end of a Sunday, I am done. You fake it well. I thank you. Yeah. Give me a microphone. I can fake it. So 
what I'm hearing and I think is really important is that if you are one of those people, and this is an intimidating thing to put yourself out there, but I heard Kate say, pray, and then also put yourself out there. And so it's kind of, it seems counterintuitive because you're like, well, I don't want to get out there because it's scary. And I don't know if somebody's going to sit with me a couple, you, you go to a Bible study, you can go to a missional community, which we'll talk about in just a second, uh, sticking around after church as awkward as you feel. Uh, to sh- put your hand out there and shake a friend, uh, shake a friend's hand, shake a friend next to you is the old Christian song. But putting yourself out there, coupled with prayer, so important, I think is my takeaway. So uh, you're saying you really resonate with the kind of person who's hearing this and going, man, that's kind of like me. Because there's a bit of loneliness inside all of us. Yeah, we No want- matter how many friends you have or you don't have. 100%. Because that was resonant for me, was the kind of person who's listening to this going, I'm just too busy for more friends. My calendar's full, and I kind of like the friend group that I've got. Uh, I'll come back to takeaway for me was uh, the covenant and consumer way that we're all wired, and uh, that the the best covenant relationship we have is with God himself, and there's no other covenant like it, because we're, as humans, wired to be consumers and to wonder What's in this for me? Yeah. And I, I think the challenge to push back past that is to go, you know, I've always got something more to give. It's not as hard as I think it is uh, to go out of my way uh, as busy as I think I am or to spend a little more time or to care a little more or to try to connect a little more deeply with what I think I'm hearing someone say uh, to be in community yep. in relationships with each other. Yep. Love it. So, uh, Takeaways to practical steps. Uh, what's one thing that we can do, Micah, as, after we've heard this episode? Yeah, well, we talked a lot about missional communities, and maybe this is the first time you've heard about that. But if there's something that you saw in John and Kate's story that, that resonates with you, that you're missing, that you would like, if you email me at info at OFLC.net, we can connect you with a missional community. Can't promise you that it's going to be right in your geographic location. But I would, again, challenge you. I know it's challenging. Put yourself out there. Give it a shot for a season and see what it's like to be in that kind of community, what a blessing that is for you. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that right at the end, what a blessing it is. Because why would you do that if you have no experience or if you're busy or maybe you're just an introvert? Because it's a different way to live, to have an extended family. I'm grateful for our missional community and and the blessing that is not only for me and for Jackie, but for our boys and the intergenerational experience it is for them to see life, uh, what a Christian life is from other adults and other just kids that are older than them, a couple high school kids who I want my boys to hang out with because they're awesome boys, the yep. Peevler kids, shout out. Uh, just It's so, such a blessing. And we just had our missional community on Sunday, and we've got uh, three people, four people who are what you might call in grandparent age. And now our kids get extended grandparents and we get Kurt Nelly Becker giving us all the advice that we need to manage our kids because they're sitting back here going, oh, yeah, did that, done that. Yeah. Made some, so it's, 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 it's family. It's awesome. And, and that's really the heart and soul of our mission. Yeah. You know, that's how we share extraordinary life with each other in the church. It's, we're a family. Mm-hmm. And we're a big extended family together. So uh, th- we want to thank you for uh, listening to this second episode of Our Father's Stories. For more stories like this one, go to oflc.net slash stories.